and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show, talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. Donna Martinez is a seasoned Colorado-based black-and-white nature and landscape photographer who has been behind the camera for over 30 years. Her first love was black-and-white film and her love of black-and-white has continued into the digital age. Her passion for touring scenic locations around the US, and in particular Colorado, comes from her enjoyment of the beauty of the outdoors. The stories the landscape and wildlife can tell drive her to share them with the world. We talk about how she got started as a military wife moving around the US and other countries that opened her eyes up to the beauty around her. Donna's workflow for taking and processing her stunning images, along with a whole lot more. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day Donna, welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going? I'm doing well, and how are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. It's a bit wet and rainy here today, but uh, it's it, it's warming up. We're coming into, well, we're into spring and uh, coming towards summer. Um, why don't you tell people where you are and uh, how things are travelling where you are? Well, I'm the opposite of you, obviously. I'm in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So we just finished fall here. So it, while we haven't finished it, it's still probably going pretty good. But as for what I've been doing with it, it's um, slowed down a little bit for me. But yeah, it's fall here um, and I am in Colorado and um, I've been here for about, uh, let's see here, we got here in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I've been here t- how many years is that? 11 years now already? About 11 years now, yeah. It sounds yeah. sounds weird when you say a 2,000 number yeah. and you go, <laughs> wow, that was that was 20, 22 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. 2000 started. <laughs> um, I am a military wife. Well, ex, my husband is retired, so um, he's okay. got 23 years in the military. So this has not been our only home, but we are from the state of Colorado. So we've, we've lived here for most of our lives. So we, And we got lucky that we got um, to stay here at least twice so half of his career we got to be here but i've been in places like panama um yeah. germany maryland and um washington state so oh, okay. i've got to go you know some fun places and, and see some cool things bit of travel very nice so <laughs> why don't we start with why photography and in particular why landscape photography what is it about landscapes that uh, gets the juices flowing Well, I think I kind of thought about that today, and it's been a journey. Um, I haven't always done landscape photography. I'm going to be one of those photographers that says I've done just about a little bit of everything. Sure. Um, Yep. I started in 1985 as a a high school photographer for my newspaper. Okay. And most people, I think most people probably started off that way. So my my initial dreams with photography were... um, doing sports photography. I wanted to be one of the first women sports photographers. And I mean, now you see them all over the place. I, I keep going, oh, darn, I could have been one of those people. <laughs> um, but I, I, through college, I did mostly newspaper photojournalism. Um, that's where I got my love for film and black and white photography because we didn't, most of the newspapers I was on didn't do color photography. So it was all, I started out all in black and white. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not a, mostly a landscape photographer. That's what I'm doing now. Yep. But um, and I love it because it, you know you you kind of learn things as you're going on through life, and every little journey that you do teaches you something new that helps you move on to the next yeah. thing. And I don't and I don't think that 
you should ever stop learning things. So I've always constantly been trying new things and doing, you know, something different. I'm I'm kind of one of those people that I have I I need the adrenaline the adrenaline rush for doing something mm -hmm. new all the time. Um so I've primarily most of my career was was portrait photography. Okay. Cuz as a military wife you can go just about anywhere and yeah. do you know portraits for people. So I spent most of my time doing that and then after um I kind of got tired of people. <laughs> you get tired of working with customers and people. Um I when I got back yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I decided to start doing the nature and the wildlife. So then I got the longer lens and did wildlife for a while. And then I started getting the, you know, decided to try the wide angle lenses and do some landscape. So now I'm doing the landscape. So I, I, I don't have a whole lot of landscape type experience, but I love it because it, it's so freeing for me. And I love the connection with nature. And I think it's where I need to be right now because it, it it is it's a connection with everything and it's i feel like i've come to that point now where this is where i was like being aimed to yeah so i'm enjoying it quite a bit oh that's fantastic so one of the questions i almost always ask is what is it that you're chasing with your photography what are you what is it that i guess you're really looking for and what are you what what's driving the passion you know and i hate to say i'm a perfectionist but and is there any such thing as perfection not in my photography i, I just always want to be but yeah not in photography i just always want to try to get better there's just you know i look at my work and i always see so many things wrong with it yeah and i could have done this better and i could have done this better so the next time i go out i want to do this differently and i want to try to do this better or Maybe if I add this filter, this will look, you know, more like what I'm what I'm envisioning. So I'm 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 a perfectionist. I'm just always trying to make it better. Yep. Because you 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 do you learn things all the time, and that's what's so wonderful about photography is there's just so many ways you can do it. You it is the old adage you need to know the rules to break the rules. Absolutely. Sort of a thing. So you learn about it, and then you go break the rules. So yeah. Yeah and no, make it your own <laughs> and I, I think that making it your own is uh probably what makes people's work special is yeah you know, they all put their own little flavor and as you say there's there's so many different ways of doing things that uh you know, there's plenty of scope for making it your own even though yeah. it might be an iconic location or so forth. yeah because everybody goes to the same places anymore so <laughs> you, you need to find different places that nobody's going to and then you yeah and if you're gonna go someplace that everybody's been you, you really do have to put yeah your own salt and pepper on it and make it yeah. you know different absolutely I, I asked the question the other day uh on social media about whether people thought that well, what was more impressive was a image that nobody had ever seen before in terms of uh, a, a new location versus something that's run of the mill and every day, but a very new take on it, a unique take that's, on it. That's what I like. <laughs> very run of the mill every day, but my take on it, because uh, I feel like I see things, you know, everybody, I, everybody feels like they see things differently than everybody else. Sure. But from what I see, you know, when you see what's out that people put out, it's just I don't think that a lot of people do 
the same thing that I do, but that's maybe I just don't know enough people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it could very well be. I just don't know enough people that actually do it. But um, I always want, I, I think I would take more pride in myself finding something more mundane in every day that people don't necessarily look at and make it something that they go, wow, you know, that's, that's really cool that you saw that that way. So yeah, I would, I, I don't like, like I, I'm going to go back to, I don't like people. So I don't like going to the same locations that everybody goes to anyway, because I don't like lining up along, you know, a bridge with 50 other people trying to get the same shot of the same thing. It's, it's not necessarily what I like to do. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, particularly in the US, I know that there's some locations which are just oversaturated with photographers, oh, yeah. not, not just landscape photographers with tripods, though, you know, there's tourists, plenty of those, yeah. but tourists yeah. with their iPhones or their Androids or whatever, and it, it can get quite crowded. How do, have appreciate... you ever encountered that? Yeah, well, no, because I don't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate now that they are making it so that you have to do like registration. I think it's registration. Mm. You have to get like a pass to go into like Maroon Bells and Hanging Lake. You have to you have to pay to get in there and they only let a certain amount in at a time. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of alleviating that that issue some. But there's still, you know, everybody wants to go to Maroon Bells in the fall. Everybody wants yeah. to go to Hanging Lake in the summer. You know, there's all these different places that people want to go and see. Um, and that's fine. But yeah, I, so I kind of stay away from those areas. So you probably wouldn't see a lot of the more common, iconic type places of Colorado that I've been to. Sure. Other than I go to places like White Sands and the Great Sand Dunes and places like that. And it's so spread out that you don't you don't encounter being, you know, butted up to people yeah, that yeah. way. So you can find your way and find your space. So where do you sit on the planning versus spontaneity spectrum? And what I mean there um, is, do you, do you spend a I'm lot a of time planning your shots and your shoots or do you kind of just go out and go, okay, well, I'm just going to head here and... I am an overshooter and I go out and I just shoot and I just shoot spontaneity, you know, spontaneity spontaneously there's there's the word i'm looking for but i've always dreamed of being one of those people that can go out to a location and set up my tripod and you know find the right angle and find mm -hmm. the right composition and I, the tripod frustrates me okay. <laughs> i don't I, I i use it because i do a lot of long exposures yeah but um if if you're asking if i'm you know i plan everything out to the point where i found a spot then i get up at a certain time and i go to that spot and then i wait for the sun i i'm too lazy to get up at oh five hundred in the morning and get out for sunrise and when you do black and white like i do it's just about the light anyway for me yeah, so yeah. The, the colors and all that stuff they're great i can appreciate that with a lot of people's photography but for when i'm out i just it's more about the light. So I like the low light. I don't have to get up at sunrise to, yeah. to go out, but I, I, yeah. I really don't. I don't, I like to be spont spontaneous and just shoot what I feel when I'm looking at it. So yeah, you get a lot of bad ones that way and you get a lot of them that you got to throw away and you get a lot of images that take up your hard drive, but I, yeah. I just have always done it that way. Yeah. Okay. And hope about, for maybe, you know, 1% <laughs> that are good. So for somebody that's not seen your work, how would you describe your style? 
um, contrasty black and white um, uh, detail I detail and texture oriented I am mm. very fixated on textures and details so I like to look for things that are going to show me you know that's why I picked sand ice and water because yep. I can do the long exposures with the water the ice has a lot of detail you can sometimes get water with the ice um, sand has always got ridges and the way the light plays with it and it so those three things are like my big top three things that I like to look for yep um but I've, I'm always looking for motion too I mean I like sharp details and texture but I like motion so yeah. I don't mind if I can find something that's stationary and then have stuff moving around it. So I'm trying to find different ways to show that to people too. But it's not necessarily nature sometimes. It's people walking or, sure. you know, in a street or with street buildings and things like that. But I don't do a lot of it and I don't show a lot of it because it's. I want to be more known for the landscape at this point and grow with that. Yeah. But yeah. I like to play with things, so I'll do anything. Would you say, and, and I guess when did this sort of change for you, would you say that you are trying to create artistic photography or more documentary photography? Oh, I'm I'm more on the artistic side. I'm going to be one of those people that I like Photoshop and I like to dabble sure. with, you know, sliders and dodging and burning and yeah it, that comes from my background in black and white photography i was always using different filters in the dark room and using dark dodging and burning and yep. so i kind of, that's where i grew up in photography was doing those things and so i've never really felt that i could be a purist type photographer mm -hmm. i always like to man, not manipulate it but i like to you know play with it a little bit sure. and i have done photo manipulations and on a very large scale i there was a period for like one year where that's all i did was mm -hmm. just putting photo manipulations together so i like the creative artistic aspect and i like the fact that i can go in and enhance something a little bit more to look like what i envision it to look like okay. um I've not ever really, I mean, other than the, the photojournalistic stuff when I was in newspapers, you, you obviously can't do anything with that, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I like, I, I've always been creative. I was a painter as a little child. I did watercolor painting. So I've always been artistic. So I think it's that drive to be creative and the camera has just been what I've done for the last 40 years. Yeah. So for you, the artistry, I guess, started well before the oh, yeah. became the, the tool for it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I can still remember the day that I went into the high school newspaper to apply for it. And I was like, I went in and I wanted to go do layout. I, I thought that would be cool. Yep. He goes, well, I've already got enough layout people. He goes, I, what I really need is a photographer. Do you want to be a photographer? And it's like, okay. So, you know, and he showed me how to load bulk film and, you yep. know, how to develop it. And, oh, you know, once you get that smell of a dark room and the red yeah. lights and, you know, you, you're, you're, you're in it, you, you can't get out. Yeah. It's in your blood. So it's, yeah, now I can't get out of it. I kind of yeah. gave up on the drawing and the painting in lieu of my camera because I can do so much with my camera. Mm -hmm. How much do you think that influence of working in the darkroom yourself has influenced the way that you process digital now? Oh, everything. Because I still kind of think that way. Where do I want to dodge? Where do I want to burn? 
Yep. Um, what filter is going to work best here? You know, can I, you know, I manipulate the yellows or the reds or the blues, you know, and the, and the black and white mixer. So everything I do now was set up when I started in the dark room. Yeah. Right. So it, it, you can't, yeah, you just can't get it. You just can't get it out of your system. <laughs> I would get it back in a dark room and do film, you know, in a heartbeat if I really thought I could, but. Yeah, if I, if I had the space, I'd, I'd probably consider it. But then I'd also look at the cost of the chemicals and the cost mm -hmm. of the paper and all the rest of it, and it's kind of like... But yeah. then look at the price of our equipment, you know. It's, it's well, gone sky-high, too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's went quite up dramatic, you know, went way up dramatically considering what I started on. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And then you want, want to start getting into the... Hasselblad and Zeiss, uh, yeah. realm of medium format and large format and all that sort of thing. Never been that lucky to shoot on medium format, you know, for me. I've got to use them before, but personally, I've never owned one and I would love to go, you know, medium format. But mm. um, now my eyes kind of drawn to the, you know, the full frame that I use because I can move it a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah, sure. So you mentioned not liking to be stuck to a tripod yeah where where did that sort of come from is that from the film days or is that just mm. something that you sort of developed as a, a technique um i've always been kind of a little bit add when it comes to shooting i kind of feel like i get into a zone Mm -hmm. So I want to move too much and I want to change things too often and I want to move here and I want to move there. So it's just too clumbersome to deal with the tripod going back and forth. And I mean, and I, I do use it. I, I do use yeah, it. Yeah. I don't want anybody to think I don't use it. But if I'm in a spot where there's, you know, a lot that I don't have to use a tripod for, like fall leaves here this year, I, I rarely used a tripod unless I thought it was something that I needed to um, focus stack or do something a little bit more pan. I did a bunch of panoramas this year that were, that were really pretty um, from the fall. So I, you know, there are, there are certain instances where I like to use it, but I like to be, it makes me feel more free to just kind of handhold. And yeah. I don't mind the little bit of extra grain I get if I've got to bump the ISO up to, to cover me <laughs> shutter oh, speed wise, <laughs> but you know, it, I, I think I feel freer just handholding and walking and, and feeling nature kind of call to me as I'm walking around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the tripod just is hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know with some of the mirrorless cameras now, uh, I mean, Olympus have got their micro four thirds uh, where I think you can do something ridiculous like seven seconds. Uh, and hand hold it. And yeah. The I haven't tried it yet with my, um, I have the A or the Z7, the yeah. Z7 Nikon. So. It's, I just got it in January. I mean, I guess that's been about a year now that I've had it, but yeah, I haven't ever tried anything that low. I used to be able to do chapels and steeples and cathedrals in um, Germany, and I would yeah. handhold it like 25th of a second, and that was with an Ole E1. Yeah. So yeah. I've always been pretty good at handholding, but I'm 54 now. <laughs> yep. It's not as easy, and that's why I got, you know, I kind of had to move on from my D810 because it just got so heavy. Yeah, and yeah. the mirrorless is a little bit lighter, so I'm I'm enjoying the Z7 quite a bit. Yeah, fantastic. 
Um, you mentioned that feeling that you get when you're in the zone. Talk to me a little bit about that. What is it like? What What's going through your mind when you're in the zone? And you're in the zone. It, it's kind of like tunnel vision. Um, it, I don't look, I mean, I do look out outside of the camera and not in the viewfinder, but I almost, I can feel it zeroing in mm-hmm. on an area and it's, it's almost like it's a, a frequency that I'm on that I need to, I, something is there and that's where I need to look. So I'll, and it, you tunnel in on it. So when I'm really in a good spot and good light and, you know, it's fantastic and I'm just all excited, then I'm just like all over the place and zeroing in on that. And I can, you know, rattle off, you know, a hundred shots and not even think about it. Yeah. Um, it, and it makes me sometimes feel like, well, if you don't get a good one, there's something wrong with you because you really shot a lot. There should be something there that you can, that you can work with. Um, but I, I, I zone out. I can't hear my husband. He has to, he'll have to come tap me on the shoulder. Like, yep. okay, are you okay? And don't step over there because you about fell off the cliff and he <laughs> has to follow me around because I, I literally won't watch where my feet are and I, wow. I could walk off stuff and slip on things. And he's my little guardian angel watching over me to make sure that I don't fall and hurt myself, which I have fell. Luckily not hurt myself, but I have fell. But it, yeah, yeah, it's just an absence of really seeing anything else other than what I'm shooting. Sure. So, it you know, it's a nice place to be, but it can be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in terms of what you're trying to express and the, the the expression of your your art, what how would you describe that to somebody that uh, is new to your work in terms of what it is that you're trying to tell them, or are you kind of letting the the work do the do the heavy the lifting there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm in that camp where the work should probably speak for itself. If it, it doesn't speak for itself, then, you know, it's probably. you got to explain it. It's Yeah, you have to explain it. And, you know, my photo manipulations from long ago, people would go, huh, what were you doing? Um, <laughs> with nature, generally, you don't necessarily have to do that. They usually, you know, they might, you know, wonder why you got so close or why you didn't pull back farther. But, you know, that's where everybody's different in how they look at stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like to think that I'm in an area where um, I like to, to shoot things that are like within the first 25 feet of me. So it, normal landscape photographers will draw way back and shoot the whole entire scene. And you'll yeah, get, the grand you know, landscape, and, get everything. Yeah, the grand landscape yeah. type stuff. I really have a hard time with that. It's okay. really hard for me to see a foreground and a midground and a background. But if it's like right in front of me where all the details are, um, so it's, I don't think that's considered landscape photography, honestly. I mean, it's more nature photography, but, you know, people will call it landscape photography. And I guess, you know, if that's I've, what I am, that's what I am. But I've got a pretty broad definition of landscape. Yeah. To yeah. me, I, even street to a certain degree, yeah. you know, less so street with people, but that that urban architecture, the you know, uh, urban abstracts. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's all even yeah. astro. That's landscape. <laughs> yeah, I it's and I don't know if it's because over the last you know five or ten years, your eyes get worse and you have to use you know 
readers and the contacts get stronger and I've got macular degeneration in this eye. So it's going to go out on me in, you know, the next five to 10 years. So I don't know if it's just me zoning in on a new area because um, of necessity. Yep. Um, that's where, that's why, that's how I'm evolving in my photography because I need to see the things that are up close because that's what I'm seeing better. Mm. If you want me to see really far away and see, you know, all of that, it's not as easy as it, as it used to be. So I think it's more of an evolving because of aging and eyesight. So, you know, at some point you have to wonder, you know, when you, when the camera is just going to have to do everything for you and you're just, you know, pushing a button. And you're guessing that it's looking good. So I don't know. But yeah, I would yeah. hope that's going to be a long ways off. Oh, let, let's hope so. Because, uh, you know, you, your work to date has been wonderful. Thank you. I How enjoy it. You... I, I do enjoy it. I, you, you can see the enjoyment in, in the work, I think. How would you define success with your photography? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> That's why I asked it. <laughs> success with my photography. Because while well, considering I've not necessarily been an overly successful photographer other than doing portrait work, I mean, and that's a job. I mean, yeah. that's not, you know, that doesn't feel to me like, I mean, you can be creative with it. Sure. But, you know, I've, I've gotten into a couple magazines, but not very many. I've not tried. Mm. I've not done juried competitions. So I've, I can't gauge anything by how well it does in a juried competition. Um, I don't sell a lot of prints, but it's not because I, you know, I don't try. I, it's not yeah. one of the things that is a focus for me. So I'm sure if I worked harder, I probably could sell more, but I don't want to base anything that I do with photography based on money. Yeah. It yeah. shouldn't be something that I get a monetary positive reinforcement from. I want to, I, I think, and you know, and even nowadays with social media, I don't even want to say it gets lots of likes or it gets lots of love or I, for me, I guess successful photography is going to be something that lasts, lasts the test of time. Something Mm. that, you know, if it's around for a while and people can enjoy it for a while, even if, if I'm not here, um, and it, people can still enjoy it. I think that's probably the most important thing for, for my photography. I would like it to be here for a while and for people to enjoy it for a while. Sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about work-life balance or life photography balance. Where does photography fit within your life in terms of how much time are you devoting to it and um, how much time are you devoting to other things? I am, like I said, I'm a retired military wife and I was always a stay-at-home mom. So my, my portrait photography that I did, I did, you know, based out of the house. I'm one of those, you know, moms with a camera. I always had my camera with me at home. My kids always knew I had a camera. My husband's always doted on me and helped me with my camera. Um, now what was the question? <laughs> how much of it? How much of your life do you spend oh, okay. photography versus <laughs> <Yeah>. other things? <laughs> so where I was getting with that? Oh my goodness! Where I was getting with that is I've never really been out of the house, so it's always been something that I've done mm. at home. Yep. So earlier on, it would have been more with the kids and being a mom and doing photography on the side. Now that my husband is retired, he still has a job. Um, I don't have a full-time job. This is my photography is my thing. 
Yeah. So um, joining the NFT space in December, this this is all I've done for the last nine, 10 months. Wow. It's been a way I can, you know, I'm so lucky and so blessed that I have all of the time in the world to devote as much time to it that I possibly can and do, um, you know, what I want with it. Mm. Um, it's not like we're, you know, a young family. I've, I've got all the equipment I need. I've got studio equipment. I've got my camera equipment. I've got lenses, you know, I've got, I, there's nothing I need. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just bought a new truck. <laughs> so okay. I'm like, I've got a new VR two to take me to the mountains anytime yep. I want. And, you know, they're just 30 minutes away. So nice. I literally, you know, will wake up in the morning and look at the weather and see if there's some clouds. Cause here in Colorado, we don't get clouds, you know, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I like clouds because, you know, they're, they just make my light better, but I'll, you know, gauge the, the, the weather and think of a, you know, spontaneously find a place that I want to go to and just jump in the truck and go, yeah. I can do that. I can, you know, it's it, gas might be a little bit fuzzy in the next while, you know, watching gas prices, the trucks yep. can be a little bit more expensive to uh, fill up, but I, I cannot complain. I am just absolutely in a point in my life where I can dedicate everything that I do to this and make it me and make it mine and take it where I want. So it's just how far I want to go with it and what I want to do. It's, there's no, you know, having to deal with a second or job that gets in the way and, and all that. So yeah, I'm very, very lucky that my husband has created a life that we can do this and I can do this full time. Awesome. In terms of travel, are you traveling just within Colorado? Are you getting out and about further for, for photography? Uh, and I'm talking well, I, yeah. specifically photography yeah. because you know when you go on holidays, of course you're going to take your camera, you're going to you're going take, to you take advantage of where you get to go. I have um, right. three daughters and all of all of them have military ties too, so um i tend to um take advantage of visiting them mm-hmm. for places that are around where they are that i've not been to because like i said i'm an adrenaline junkie new stuff just totally you know i get bored sometimes and in colorado you get bored i don't know how you could get bored here but i can get bored wow. here if i let myself <laughs> <laughs> so i kind of get that you know want destination anxiety i want to get somewhere and do something different so yeah. Yeah, I take advantage of going to see the kids, but um, I in the like last year, I did a solo trip by myself and did a solo SUV camping trip. Mm-hmm. And I went and two weeks into the mountains all by myself, camped by myself, you know, everything. And then came back and um, my daughter had just moved to New York. So I drove cross country and did a three week trip, drove out to New York, upstate New York and spent a week with her and then went and visited another photography friend down in Tennessee and just drove. I was just me for three weeks on the road and it was just absolutely fantastic. So I love that sort of a thing, but Mm -hmm. I also love doing stuff with my husband and, you know, we're, we're a pair. So it's hard for me to do those kind of things without him because I don't want to do it without him, but I can. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I do plan a lot of trips. Um, I want to go to Moab this year and I want to, you know, it's, they're out of Colorado. I can go down to Antelope Canyon and Moab and um, that's two of the places that I really would like to get to. So I can go out of state. It's just okay. finding time and I don't like snakes. So it'll have to be when it's cold because I won't go when it's hot. 
Fair enough. <laughs> we we get some snakes here too, and yeah. uh, summertime is is not the best time to uh, be wandering. Be wandering. Around. <laughs> yeah, certain certain places. I mean, I'm put it this way: I'm what fifty eight now, and I've seen probably six snakes in the wild in all of that time. And I used to be a Boy Scout and camping camping holidays and all that sort of thing so yeah i don't you don't come across them that often though everyone talks about how dangerous they are yeah i i know where you're at you probably have a lot i saw my first bear this year so that was i was out in um crested butte area by myself on my one of my fall trips this just a couple weeks ago and saw my first wild bear wild bear out and you know it was and i've been out a lot so that's pretty good to be the first time that i've ever seen one but Amazing. Yeah, that makes you kind of wonder, okay, I'm sleeping in my car and <laughs> I'm going to have to be real careful about what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave any food out anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You learn how to be a very good camper. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How does where you live influence how and what you shoot? I'm really interested in that confluence between those three things, the place that you shoot, which might dictate what you shoot but also what you shoot might dictate how you shoot. Alternatively, you may have a particular style of or, or way of wanting to shoot, and that then may dictate, you know, the place you go and what and what you're shooting. Do you think about that in in term in those, not necessarily in those terms in terms of how those things influence one another? Um, I haven't really thought about it, but. I've learned to love, I mean, not learned to love, I've grown to love the the the, the long exposures this year. Yep. So I'm constantly, water is like the first thing in, in my brain when I'm thinking about where I want to go is where can I find some really good water to do some yep. long exposures. Yep. So there are quite a few places, you know, you can do lakes, you can do streams, you can do the, the waterfalls, you know, you, some of them you have to hike quite a ways to to get to. So you have to be quite fit to get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always looking for stuff that's a little bit easier, but, um, and ice, I can always find ice in the winter. I mean, winter's always good because we're in Colorado. There's always ice sure. in the winter. Um, and sand just is just a byproduct of me going to visit my daughter. So I would go to the white, the great, or the white sand dunes, um, in ha- near Holloman Air Force Base. So yep. sand is when it's an opportunity since I'm going to be there, but ice and water are pretty much what I, where can I get that? Mm. And I'll, I'll see spots that I'll want to go back to and I'll, you know, kind of plan out or I'll see somebody else shoots them and I'll try to find something close. And, but as for dictating what I shoot, I don't know. I just think I'm in a lucky place. I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I think the universe has put me here because this is what I'm supposed to shoot. Yeah, great. Um, it's it's like I said, it's been I've been driven to a point of doing the landscape photography and and what I've been doing based on what I've been doing my whole life. Mm. And you're not driven to some place unless you know that's where you're meant to be. So I'm I feel like this is where I'm meant to be. Okay. So that I can be available to those things and shoot them more. Sure. And make it easier. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, make, that makes <laughs> yeah. plenty of sense. Yeah, I, I I really love that answer. That's uh, that's fantastic. 
what's your favourite spot without giving any secret spots away because you obviously don't want hordes yeah. of people there? My favourite spot, and it's not going to be water and it's not going to be ice. Um, and I can tell you where it is because I was just there. Um, Durango, Colorado. Okay. If we could move down to the southwest part of the state where yep. the Million Dollar Highway is and Telluride and Uray yep. and Ridgeway, that road from Uray to Durango is, I, I could spend hours and hours. And we did. When we were there this fall, we went for a weekend. It took us six hours to go 40 miles. Wow. Because my husband was having, you know, I, I we, we have this joke between us that it's an ooh, ooh, ooh moment. <laughs> if he hears me say, ooh, 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 he has to find a place to pull over. And sometimes they don't give you much time to pull over. But And that road's not necessarily one of those really good roads that you can stop Yeah, you can on. just pull over anywhere you like. Yeah. But, yeah, it's 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 just a beautiful drive, and there's so many little offshoot roads that you can get on, and it's just beautiful in the fall. And it's it fills you up for the whole year. I kind of have to go and get my fall fill so yep. that I can go on to the next season. And it has, and it lasts me all year because fall is so pretty here. And we hit the fall in Durango this year at the beginning of October, just at the perfect time. There was yeah. atmosphere and clouds and the leaves would turn nice. just enough. They weren't peaked, but they were just enough so that it didn't look dingy. And it was just perfect. It's my, it's my happy place down by Durango and Pagosa Springs. And that's, Every you know everybody could go there I guess but uh it's just my favorite place to be fantastic and it's four it's five or six hours away so it's like when we go we have to go and spend a weekend there and and then come back so I don't get to go there very often so I guess that's probably why it remains my happy place because I don't I don't get to see it super often take it for granted yeah yeah but I get to see it you know at least what we'd pilgrimage pilgrimage there once a year and and go enjoy the leaves for a long weekend and it's really good nice would you retire there or oh yeah, that, yeah? <laughs> it or is, is there somewhere else that you'd you'd prefer to be for from one of the other places that you've yeah, shot i we like colorado springs just because it's so centrally or you know centrally yeah. oriented in the state um you know denver's a little bit further we have family up north so families here Mm. But we're far enough away that, you know, we don't see them all the time, but they're close enough. If we have to go see them, we can go see them. I miss kind of how we deal with it. Um, but I like Colorado Springs because, you know, I'm a two hour drive from, you know, some of the most gorgeous stuff. I can do day trips and just go leave early in the morning and drive somewhere and shoot for three, four hours and come back and be home by dinner. Lovely. So it saves on a lot of expense having to stay in hotels and, you know, and if I think it's going to be a little bit longer, I pack stuff so that if I've got to stay somewhere, but I can, I could, we can go to Estes for a day. We can go, you know, down to the sand dunes for a day. I can go, you know, lots of places here from here. Mm -hmm. And I like being centrally um, situated in the state so that I can do anything I want at a whim. So I would love to be in Durango because it's beautiful. That's our, if we win the lotto place to go, sure. but um. We'll we'll probably stay here because my husband likes his job and yeah, he does pretty good enough. at it. So, fair yeah. Enough. What's the most memorable experience you've had uh, out shooting? Out shooting is just memorable anytime you do it. So it's 
I don't think I've ever got an image or had an experience that made it the top mm -hmm. okay. of, of a memory because every time I'm out, I'm, ha I'm, I'm at that level of ecstasy of being out shooting wow. that that's where you, that's where you want to be. So, okay. um, you can come home and be a little disappointed about what you got, but the time there is never shooting is never anything. That's not the top level of what you remember. Yeah. That's why, that's why I keep going out. I mean, I just, I just love being out and shooting to the point where I just got to, it's a drug. I've got to just keep doing it. Fantastic. <laughs> what about the horror stories? Everyone's got one. <laughs> horror stories. Um, <laughs> It's not a landscape one. That's okay. <laughs> Horror story was starting out in sports photography, and I was doing a football game once, and um, I was there was a long bomb. The, the quarterback threw a long path, and I was trying to get down the field, down the sidelines, mm -hmm. so I could get down and try to get a little bit closer to the guy that was catching the ball. Well somebody threw a helmet or something and I stepped in the helmet on the sidelines and did a somersault with my gear up in the air and stood up and finished running down the sides. I was so embarrassed. I don't know how I got back up to my feet, but I was just mortified. I was right in front of the bleachers <laughs> of everybody. And here this stupid photographers running down the sidelines and I stepped in a helmet and flipped over and did a somersault and then went back down. So yeah, that's a horror story. It's, I was just so embarrassed, <laughs> but see, I've never had anything like that happen doing landscape stuff. Okay. So, eh, yeah, it's old memories. You haven't dropped any gear in water or anything like that? or No. Oh, wow. Nope. Come close a couple times. Everybody, I've not had that disaster happen. Thank goodness. But um, I, couple I keep times getting close. splashed with waves and uh, I've had the... Um, the Canon I've got now uh, go into the shop price to get new innards put in. <laughs> <laughs> I and see, I haven't got to do seascapes. I haven't done seascapes yet. Well, so not, I've not played, a lot of sea in Colorado. So. <laughs> no, no. So that's, you know, that's another place I want to get to is to, mm. to the ocean. So we, we used to live in Washington State and I've been to the beach, but at that point in my life, I wasn't, Yep. super you know into photography and i just think man if i had only been a photographer then the things i could have gotten <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah that's definitely something i want to do so all the people with their their camera took a dunk in the water and the waves took it over i haven't had that experience yet so i guess i'm pretty thankful i've i've been pretty good at gear i'm hard in my gear but i've been pretty good that it lasts quite a while i don't have too many disaster stories other than batteries running out and yeah, running yeah. out of card space and you know the typical stuff yeah do i do that all the time <laughs> particularly yeah. the running out of cards <laughs> i've like, taken oh, to I, think... I, I carry about eight cards with me now <laughs> see and what, what size are they uh they're all uh 64 gig so i have the 128 yeah i've so got i can I've get got... quite a lot on those yeah, I've got 128. So I had a bit of experience early on with them. They're probably better than they were before, but uh, I had a few fail on me. So uh, oh. I went back to 64. So. Yeah, well, there's this new Nikon mirrorless camera. They have those different 
Uh, cards for him now. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what you call I can't them. The, See, the, I'm the not technical. Letters, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just like the big, thick looking, like con compact flashcards that cost $300. I mean, so yeah, yeah I've got two. <laughs> so, so what have you learned about the world through photography? What have I learned about the world? Um, that it's beautiful everywhere. Every everywhere you go, it's beautiful. You just have to stop yeah. and look at it. And you have to take time to sit and really look at it. Mm. You know, it bothers me to no end when people come to these places that are just so beautiful and they just take their phone out, take a picture and then move on to the next place. They don't, yeah. they don't, they don't enjoy it and they don't. Them. Yeah. You need to let that, that area kind of fill you up and, you know, put it in your memory banks and think about it and, Think about how you felt and what was going on so that you can remember it later. Um, I don't want it to be a fleeting memory. So you really just have to sit and think about it. And the people that don't realize that they're in beautiful places and take it for granted. Mm. Um, and not everybody sees with a photography eye or a creative eye. This is and it. everybody sees that differently. So maybe they are seeing enough. <laughs> Yeah. But for me, I really, I really want to see it. I really want to look at it and see it. So, and I get if you are touring around, you know, it can be difficult to squeeze in everything that you want to see. And if yeah, you're lots of places to see, too many places to go. Yeah, um, got to see everything on a time I've got, schedule. I've got my go five minute up, window up, up. to go yeah. and see this waterfall, and then I'm out of here on to the next yeah. one. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, you just really need to understand that you know everything is a blessing and nature is a blessing, and you just need to you need to it might be gone someday. I mean, the water's already starting to get low, and you know we have forest fires, and yeah. we've had several fires here that have just destroyed some areas. Yeah. So you have to kind of enjoy. I don't want to enjoy, but really soak it up. Really, really take it in and enjoy yeah. where you're at, and enjoy the beauty. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. In terms of your routine, what are you doing when you get on site? So you take your hike up to a waterfall or, you know, out to the out to the sands or wherever it is. Mm -hmm. What what does your routine look like? Take the the damn tripod off of my <laughs> backpack and get rid of it and put it down. Um uh, yeah, you know, you walk around and I it's a I I usually get to ten to fifteen thousand steps when I'm like mm -hmm. out, you know, you, you do this. So it's a lot of walking around and just looking I'm looking for it to tell me something. So it's sometimes it doesn't say anything and you walk for a long time before it says something. Yep. Or the light's just not right and you know, you kinda wait, see you kinda look up at the sky, see if the light's gonna get any better. Um but it's, it's, I, I try to find a good spot and find something, you know, that I think is something that I see really well that probably other people don't see very well and mm -hmm. something I can show them. But it, it's definitely got a holler at me to, to say, no, over here, come over here, stop right about there. And, you know, then I'll stop and I'll evaluate what I'm going to do if I'm going to do a long exposure, if it's water yeah. or um, if it's not, I'll just do some shooting. Um, at the details like bark and rocks and tin cans on the ground and junk um but it's yeah it's i'm not 
big on a routine, I guess. I don't have a set thing that I've got to do yeah. OCD wise, you know, you got to do this and you got to do this. And so I usually tend to check my gear and stuff before I leave the house. And if I yeah. don't, it usually bites me in the ass. So if I check my gear at the house, everything should be ready to go. My camera should be loaded with a fresh card. I should have a nice, good battery in it. I usually put the extra batteries in my pockets and my other card in my pocket, just in case anything happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I carry my, I have a backpack that's got my wide angle lens, which is a 14, 24 millimeter. And then I have another one that's um, a little bit longer than that, but it's like a kit lens. So I don't use it very much. Sure, sure. Um, or I use the, um, 7300. But if I'm doing, you know, if I want it to make look, look lamb, you know, long exposure waters, I like to use the 1424 and put the DND filter on it. And that will take some time to set up. Yeah. If yeah. I find a really good spot, but it's either doing long exposure or I'm wandering around. So. So you got a card full of images and you've uh, packed up and come home are you straight into editing or do you leave it to sort of sit and marinate for a while yep that's exactly what i tell people it has to sit and marinate for a while i can't i will go look at them i will go look at them i i I get them on the laptop and I, i go through them and and i find that it can either it'll ruin my mood sometimes because i they won't be as good as what i thought they were when i shot them Mm -hmm. but what i tell people is what you just shot is so fresh in your mind because you were just there yeah i don't think any image you take can actually live up to what your memory is of it yeah yeah. so what you have to kind of do is let you know your fresh experience kind of fade a little bit mm-hmm. so that it can be the center stage in the show while you're while you're editing stuff yeah because things look totally different to me you know a couple days after i shoot compared to the day that i did shoot and i go look at them yeah i'm antsy i want to look at them and i want to see you know certain shots when i go home but i really shouldn't do that because sometimes you know makes me think oh i've got to really let these sit and marinate for a while because they're going to take a while for me to look at again so but yeah it's it's it takes a little bit sometimes to get working on them yeah so when when you are working on them are you spending hours per image or are you more minimal and you know 10 minutes that's enough get it out the door yeah it depends um like i said sometimes i like to focus stack i don't do it a whole lot because like i said i don't draw back enough to get like a foreground midground background sort of a a thing Mm -hmm. um so if i'm doing something that i have to do that on that'll take a little bit more time but it's it's and i'll put things back and forth between color and black and white and decide if it needs to be black and white or if it needs to be color. Generally, it's going to be black and white because that's what I was looking for to begin with anyway. Yeah. Um, but I don't work probably more than 15 minutes on something. Wow. Okay. So not, not lots of layers. Are you mostly Lightroom or a bit of Lightroom. Bit um, of- I always use Photoshop. I don't never use Lightroom. I've never yeah, used Lightroom. I'm the, I'm the same. Yeah. I grew. I mean, I grew up in my photography life as a as a Photoshop person. Yeah. Been using it since 2001. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> you know, 20. You know, 
21 years later, I'm still using Photoshop. So, yeah. but I mean, I, it's, it's amazing seeing that evolution between where it was back in 2001 oh, yeah. and where it is now. Yeah. Well, and now they have all the AI stuff that they've added to it. So, I mean, they've made it quite easy to make some pretty spectacular things if you're you know really versed on how your your photoshop works but and i found that i use it less the better it's got the less i use it yeah i use it just to do minimal you know open it up check it um i'll turn it to black and white first and then um i'll probably go down to the black and white mixer and change some colors To see where the colors lie so that I can get some good contrast with stuff. And yep. then um, you know, and depending on what my exposure is, if it's really off, I might have to change the exposure a little bit or you know, I always shoot for um the highlights, so I don't necessarily need to mess with the highlight slider too much, but I might bring up some shadows and then go in with the 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 brush um for radial the um what do you want to call it? Uh, radio filters or yeah the, the radio, you know radio. the radio filter Sorry. so you can yeah the gradient one so that you can just go into certain spots now and and dodge and burn like mm. you know you used to in the old days i'm really not technical that is like one of my things where you, i don't <laughs> i'm not big on technicalities yeah. so but yeah it's very minimal and yeah. it depends sometimes this last trip i had some dust on my sensor that i got on my sensor and I spend most of my time kind of healing up some dust spots that were really bad, but I fixed that. So we're good. (laughs) Fantastic. Do you print much of your work? I do. Um, My husband likes my work. So, you know, his time with me, yeah, his time with me, he likes to remember some of the places that we've been to. So, yeah, I've printed several things for the house. not as much as I probably should. Mm. Um, I give away a lot of prints. I'll print things for family and and give them gifts that are that are photographs. But um, it's one of the things that we do want to get better at is printing more of the stuff that I've I've made and I'm created. Yeah, yeah, sure. Have you ever hit a creative wall? Oh yes probably more often than not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, about how you it, deal with that. And it's probably not necessarily, um, it's more boredom. It's more, you know, getting bored with where I'm at. And once I go shoot something new mm. and it, it's, you know, you, you, I have to find someplace just a little bit further away or something that I haven't tried before, or, you know, do something that's, different than what I've been doing to kind yeah. of snap me out of it. But mm-hmm. it, I would say the time that I spend creatively bored is about 40, 40%. Wow. <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it's a wide, it's, I'm an ADD type personality. I, I want to be going all the time. And if I'm sitting, then I get stale and I don't, I, I, then I don't get motivated and then I can't get out and it's, it's crazy. But once I, if I'm out and I'm in a mode where I'm shooting, I'll just keep going as much as I possibly can just to keep it going. Cause it's yeah. Cause then I gotta go back and be bored again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's I, I like the shooting more than the editing. 
yeah, like the shooting that. part the most. Yeah. The shooting part is what I love the most. So I'd rather be out shooting and creating than back at the house editing and all the blah, blah, blah stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, it, yeah, it'll depend on money too. So, how much money do you have to go somewhere? And I was like, oh. yeah, well, <laughs> it's a wise <laughs> Everybody's it's a got wise finances. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say is the biggest challenge facing photographers right now? Um, trying to keep it real. Mm. Um, there's a huge, I mean, I love, you know, AI and I love the saturation and I, you know, I love photography and I love seeing some, there's just some gorgeous stuff, mm. but the things that you can do with photography now is totally made our expectations of what we should see like unrealistic. Yeah, And I catch myself doing this quite a bit when I go out. I'll go out and it's like, man, the leaves just don't look, look as bright this year. Or, you know, this doesn't look that nice. It's because I'm so inundated looking at stuff that's so epic all yeah. day, every day. That mm -hmm. now it's brought the level of what I see harder to see something good in it because I have an unrealistic expectation of what it is. So I think what the problem, what, I don't want to say the problem I think there's going to be an, an, a place where people are going to have to start remembering. We got to keep it a little bit more real. And, yeah. it, you know, it might come back down to more of the purest type stuff where it, nobody's ever going to show anything straight out of the camera. But there might be a point where um, people need to, you know, tone it down just a little bit on all the enhancements. Yeah. So that it doesn't make, you know, because it, it, it's be obviously very disappointing for some people to go out and they want to see these landscapes that they've seen in all these beautiful pictures and they go out and it's not like that, you know, because they've pumped up the colors, they've added, you know, clouds to the sky here or a galaxy in the sky here and or the or the moon like, or that, that flock yeah, of birds or the yeah. moon or you know there's 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 always these perfect objects in in it and i think it, it makes it really unrealistic for people to enjoy yeah. if you're not a you know a photographer and you know that they're they're doing those sort of things yeah. and i love them i don't want to talk bad about the, the photographers that do that kind of thing because i do it myself yeah because i just love the creative aspect of it but i think at some point it can't be called photography anymore. Yeah, it becomes. And I think that's an argument. Yeah, photography. Yeah. So I, yeah. I can see a point where uh, some of that AI software that you're seeing, where you can basically say a few words and it will mm -hmm. generate an image, will be the mm -hmm. rigor in everyone's phone, and yeah. you'll be able to say a few words, take a shot, combine that with some AI, and it'll come up with a a generative image that is whatever it's it is crazy yeah. so i mean i don't i don't want to say that you can't call that you know i don't think that's photography but it's some of the things that get you know the composites and it just it just gives people an unrealistic idea of what it looks like think a hundred years from now when we're all you know the whole landscape has changed yeah and all people have are the images that they see and they go well this is what it looked like it was you know well that's yeah. not really what it looked like. <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I think it just, I don't want to say it needs to tone down. I don't, I guess I don't know where, where that line is going to be, I, but I, I, I can see there it is going a line. over it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know if there will be. And I, I someday that's just, they're going to think that's what it just always looked like. But 
definitely. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a, an interesting uh, comment. Actually, the the way you look at for you know photos from a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, where it was realistically, you know, mostly a photojournalistic. That said, there's quite a lot of photographers. Uh, Frank Hurley, an uh, early Australian photographer, uh, who I've referenced several times, uh, he was doing composites uh, and he was heavily criticised for it. He went on uh, the Antarctic mission with Shackleton uh, aboard Discovery and, you know, he did, did some composites there. He was a photographer, a, an accredited photographer with the military, the Australian military in World War One, and he did some uh, composites there. And at the time, he was widely criticised for not showing what it was really like, but mm -hmm. then you see the source images and what he was giving you was an impression of what it was like to be there, not necessarily what it was actually like yeah. to be there. Yeah. And so it's intent. Yeah. And I think people really need to clearly, you know, state what their intent is. Mm. Um, you ha I mean, I don't know. It, then money gets in the way and people are like, I just want to, you know, just want to sell something and this is what people want to buy. So this is, this it. is what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, and like I said, it's, I don't like to make it about the money because then you do things that probably aren't necessarily within your nature that you really should be doing. So um, if you're wanting to talk a purely phot photographic type way, I think it just needs to come down just a sure. little bit. But I, I, I would call it something different maybe so that it's not, you know, it has its own identity. And yeah. then that way they don't get clashed with, you know, photography. Photography is still... You know, a hundred years ago, you know, it was it's it was still very primitive for most very for the most so. part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 progressed a lot and it's changed a lot. And so you're gonna just you you have to keep up with it. And it's gonna change a lot more too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's gonna be amazing to see what photography does in the next 20 years if yeah. i'm around to see what it does in the tw next 20 years so Wait, that, that's my next question exactly what is the future of photography where do you see it going i don't know i really don't know it that's scary and it's exciting at the same time because it's you just you there's I don't want to, I don't want anyone to get political. There's so much people that doubt what they hear and see anyway. Yeah. That they're going to doubt in what they see picture wise, and they're never going they're never going to you're never going to have anything that somebody's going to believe is actually that thing anyway. Yeah. Because you know they're they're going to just blame it on Photoshop or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, even though the ethics for photojournalism, things like that, you know, it's pretty, pretty standard that you don't manipulate anything yeah. in photojournalism, but it, you know, it's, everybody has Photoshop and everybody knows how to do it. If you're not everybody, but every, you know, most people in photography know how to use it. Yeah. So most people are going to doubt and aren't going to be sure of what they see anyway. So I don't know It's mm. if, unless there's a way do you do you want it to actually be seen as something that's true or is it just lost that whole you know 
reality sort of a concept to begin with. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I the gear gets better every time, and the editing software gets better all the time. So I, I really don't know where it's going to go. Now this is it. I mean, you you're saying already, you know, say the Google Pixel, you can swipe your finger around an object yeah. and have it be removed from your photo. So yeah. what what was really there and what wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it comes down to what you want people to see and the perception you want people to see of you. So, you know, and most of it comes down to people doing selfies and, you know, then we'll get into the, I have, you know, I did portrait photography for a while and it's like the, the, the magazine, the magazine skin and the perfect hair and the perfect bodies. And, you know, I was using liquify to make boobs bigger and hips, you know, more even, and it's not reality <laughs> at a certain point. So what do you like to do when you're not out shooting? Oh, I have five grandbabies. <laughs> oh. I love my grandbabies. Um, they're not here, but I'll FaceTime with my family and, watch the grandkids. I mean, that's the best way to, to watch your grandkids grow up right now. I like to spend time with them. And I, I've gotten some new books. I like to read. So mm -hmm. uh, stay off the TV. Just like to sit and read and um, look at old files. <laughs> <laughs> Dredge sure. up a couple old files from a couple years ago and see if I could find anything else in there that I like. So, but if I want to stay out of photography, totally, I'll read something and, yeah. um, Go have lunch with my husband and I do walk at a nature center that's nearby that I'll try not to take my camera sometime, but you know, it's always inevitable, inevitable. You'll go without your camera and you'll see something you wish you could have shot. And then if you go with your camera, you can't find anything to shoot. So, mm. yes. you know, but I will go without the camera just to get some exercise and get out. So. Yeah, fantastic. What would you be if you weren't a photographer? I don't know. I really don't. I, since I've been doing it so long, my mother always wanted me to be a doctor. Mm. <laughs> Mother's a lot. Better, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, it would be something artistic. I'm sure. I maybe yeah. I would have been just a painter or, um, yeah, probably a painter. I probably would have gotten into more of my painting that way because yeah, it's always been something art ever since I was little. So I've always known that it's going to be something art driven mm. nice I've, oh and i i guess i did i wanted to go to school to be like an art historian okay or, and curate a museum yeah so that would probably be something that if i wasn't you know 54 and i was like 30 something and thinking about going to school i might probably go to school to do that yeah. but yeah. i would love to spend time in an art history museum and just get to look at beautiful artwork all day. I think that would be just fantastic. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That'd be awesome. We've all got our inspirational photographers. Is there any that you think I should be talking to on the podcast? In the photography space? Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, there's, there's just so many good people. Mm. That's one thing that, you know, the internet I'm never going to run out of people. Touchy. Yeah, you're never going to run out of a good. You throw a rock, and there's going to be somebody new that you just like. Where have you been, and why haven't I seen you? Hey. Black. I, I mean, photography wise, I'm trying to think. I just have so many, um, and I'll probably butcher his name. Gianluca mm -hmm. Podesta. 
I've, I've hatched his day. I'm, I'm sorry, Gian, but he's been in a couple of the collectives with me and his, his, his work just, you know, his landscape is just stunning to me. Him yeah. and Armand, um, yeah. they just, ah, oh, I can't, I can't believe that they can see so much. I feel like I see minutely. I see details and, and texture and minutely. They see big, they yeah. see everything. They see the grand landscape and it's just wonderful. Mm. I love their work tremendously. Um, Paul Colleen, you know, he's, he's one of my really good friends and we do spaces together. Um, and um, Mick McCafferty, the, 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 Irish guys I just I guess it's because I have a fascination with Ireland right now I would really love to go to Ireland so um those two guys I love their work too I just there's so many and there's you know there's hidden gems like um I don't know what his full name is but it's Ryan David photos yep his black and white work is he's really underrated I think he really deserves a little bit more credit than what he gets because his black and white work is really good mm. But yeah, there's just too many, you know, you oh, know. naming know. just a couple because you, you know, you're leaving so many out that you just didn't think of. So that's right. But there's just wonderful people and they're just so great to to see every day and see what they do and watch their journeys. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I've got one more question and uh it's the most important question I can ask. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Oh God, yes, with jalapenos. <laughs> with jalapenos, okay. <laughs> Gotta have jalapeno. I have jalapenos on everything, yeah, because I love it spicy. But, but, but yes, pineapple. Yep. I'm not Mexican. I'm I'm the white girl in the family. My husband's half, and my kids are quarters. So, but then he doesn't eat anything spicy. He can't handle it. And I have wow. one daughter that can't handle spicy either. But yeah. me, the hotter I can have it, the better. I love Thai food. I love Indian food, I love Mexican food, and I pour hot sauce on it. I just love it. So yeah, I like pineapple on pizza, but it has to have hot sauce too. So great, fantastic. Hot sauce and jalapenos. <laughs> well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today, Donna. It's been wonderful. It's wonderful. You. Uh, well, thank you people... for inviting me. Oh, an absolute pleasure. Where can people find your work? Um, you can um, either find me at my website, which is DonnaMartinezImaging.com, mm -hmm. or I am also on Vero now, and it's Donna Martinez Imaging, and Instagram is Donna Martinez Imaging, and on Twitter it's DM Images NFT. Fantastic! Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show, and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests. In upcoming episodes, you can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon. Mm -hmm.